Hi everyone, happy Monday. Welcome back to Enneagram with Michaela. I hope that you are enjoying yourself just as much as I am with these podcast interviews of learning about different folks' Enneagram types and understanding their journeys and stories. I will keep saying every week, I have learned so much and will continue to learn and it has just been so much fun. So today I get to introduce you to my new friend, Danny who is all, not all the way, but she's in Kansas City, so a little bit farther than where we are. Um, and she is our fabulous type one. So Danny, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so, so much for being here. Thank you, Michaela. It's so fun to be here. I'm excited. It's fun meeting everybody because we're all in this giant Facebook group and there's a lot of us. But knowing that we can distill it down and have an interview and like meet people and be like, oh my gosh, you're real. It's not like you're just an icon on, on the screen, as it were. Um, so before we hit record, we were even just talking a little bit about how you got to find the Enneagram and kind of discover what it was for yourself. So if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about how you were first introduced. Sure. Yeah. So about, I don't even know, like time for me is really hard, <laughs> but I know that it was probably like 10, 15 years ago when Beth started talking about the Enneagram. I noticed it on her Facebook feed and I was kind of like, oh, what is that? And um, like many of us, when we encounter like this wonky symbol, I'm like, what is that? Should I be concerned about it? Oh my goodness. Like, okay. Then like I, I was just in the middle of a lot of different things. Um, I've been on staff. I had been on staff for, with the church for a really long time as their worship leader and was in the thick raising my kids. And so that was sort of like the first touch of the Enneagram coming into my life. And I didn't think about it for a little while until later at a retreat, I came across a book in the retreat library, the retreat center library, and thumbed through it a little. But I have to say when it really grabbed me was sitting in a staff meeting and we were going through the road back to you. So that was about 2016. And like so many of us, I just felt like, oh my goodness, this thing is reading my mail. It's understanding me in ways that like, I'm not sure I really understood myself. And so I would have to say that that was the moment that the Enneagram really finally got through to me and showed me a lot about myself that, that I needed Absolutely. to. So. What would you say was the thing that most captivated you about reading a type one? Because everyone's different. They either read something <laughs> and have a visceral reaction of, oh, I do not like this whatsoever. Right. Or the other is, wow, you have just explained my entire life to me. So what was yeah. your reaction to that? I think initially, I just felt really seen, really understood. And like, there were other people who thought like me and um, that really understood how big of a responsibility I felt to make the world a better place and um, to make myself be better. So that was the easy part to encounter like, yes, finally, oh my goodness, this is where I'm coming from. And then there's that other side that is the harder side that says, oh, and that is kind of because of my intense desire to be perfect. Oh, yikes. So the dark side was harder to read, but I always share like with my clients. I'm like, you know, it's like if you eat a Chipotle and you have cilantro in your teeth, it's really better to know, right? <laughs> so that you can actually do something about it. 
it's really hard to discover that that's what's been going on. Right. And you've been smiling at people, right? Because people see the things that maybe we don't see right off the bat. And so, you know, after getting over some of the harder parts, and honestly, I'm still not over it, but those are the things that, you know, I work on daily and, you know, it's, it's good to know. Awareness is double-edged, but it's still better to be aware. Absolutely. I will never <laughs> eat Chipotle and not think of you. <laughs> yes, like, I love Chipotle. Check so my that's teeth. Fine. Danny said I might have cilantro <clears throat> in it. Do I? I love that. <laughs> you are so right. There is the beauty of the types when we read it that's really confirming and reassuring of things we kind of knew, but no one else could give us that external validation. But the Enneagram really hits the internal, which is the whole the whole point of it. And it is so, it's so fun to be seen. It's so weird, yet awesome. At the same time, it's kind of like you have this secret that you're just ready to jump into the world slowly. You know, we, we want to uh, crawl before we walk into this, into mm. this journey. So you mentioned mm -hmm. about the perfectionism and that is the ones kryptonite, kind of what they're known for. They're also known for being a moral, um, moral perfectionist um the other word is escaping me but they have a really strong foundation of what is right and what mm -hmm. is wrong so could you speak into that a little bit yeah and I think the word that resonates most with me and a lot of ones I know is reformer and I think reformer, that's maybe yes, the word you. yeah that was yeah, it. that feels a lot better to most ones than perfectionist because we don't hear the word perfectionism used in a positive light very often you know, most of the other Enneagram descriptors have more of a positive bent, but perfectionism feels a little bit stinky, honestly, right? So we actually do have a reforming um, insight into the world. And it's funny that you mentioned, like, we have this idea of what is right and what is wrong. And, and healthy ones will tell you, oh, I'm starting to recognize that that can be different in different circumstances and for different people. So mm -hmm. one of the most important things to understand is, we know what we think is right. And so part of our growth path is to say, and others have things that are actually more right for them than maybe our perspectives would allow them. So, so what's interesting about ones is that, you know, we often are no stranger to self-improvement and that kind of thing. Um, often it's from like this, you know, you better get better. You should get better inner critic sort of driven way. Um, but as we get healthier, we start embracing a little bit more of our humanity, which necessarily involves imperfection and becoming good um, and understanding that we are already good. Um, but, you know, still making those improvements, but not from a place of the fact of, of thinking that we're bad in some way or that the world is bad in some way. You know, God made the world and didn't say, whoa, it's perfect, mm. fabulous, wonderful. He, he said it is good. Mm. So, you know, our striving for goodness is enough. Mm. That's a word right there. I like mm. that God started the world off with ones. This is good. Yeah. And then every oh, other wow. time, you know what I mean? <gasps> that just hit me. Mm. Chills. I love just that. Hit me. I got chills too. <laughs> it's a thing. That is nice. so good. He looked at the world and he said it was good. Oh, mm. we can just sit mm. there for a moment. That is, oh, that speaks to my little four heart really, really deeply nice. of there. I posted on, on Facebook a while back that I'm, I'm struggling with failure and I'm struggling kind of getting a few things off the ground for 
X, Y, and Z reasons. Mm -hmm. And it's just to know that failure is a part of the journey. And I'm one of those people where even though the journey is so important, I'd rather just get to the other side already and kind of not have to deal with what's what's in the middle. But to know that perfection was never the goal. I, I don't know where it has come about in our humanity. And I can only think for, for ones, how much more difficult that journey is, whatever life circumstances or relationships that you're going through versus the other types one through nine of, mm-hmm. yeah, we get it, but it's not as, as vital, not to our existence, but just to how we operate. Yeah. But to know right. that God from the beginning, he's never said the word perfect. So why, why are we? Oh, yeah. Why are we trying to be better than what God expects out of us? I mean, it's setting yourself up for failure instead of resting in your goodness as you are. So, you know, a lot of the work for us is just learning to be, learning to accept things as they are and see what's good there. And you mentioned your fourness, like so much of what's helped me in my one perspective is connecting to my foresight. That wasn't the way I felt about my four side when yeah. I first discovered my connection to four. So oh, yes. Oh, yes. Tell me all <laughs> I learned about, so much from fours. <laughs> Welcome I love to the my dark connection side. to fours now. <laughs> I know. Wow. If you if there was a human part of us, there's that emotion there that we yeah. have to contend with, huh? Yes. It's not the dark <laughs> side, it's it's the deep side. Um, so get, tell me about that. Cause as a one, there is the moral compass, uh, again, as you said reforming as opposed to being perfect because again we just said that doesn't really sit well with us mentally and emotionally and having your systems of right and wrong but knowing that's different for other type ones and also the rest of the types and just humans in general so then you have your um stress path of going to a four which how do ones feel about going to fours because fours are (laughs) romantic and intuitive and creative and deep and we're kind of the ones that are out there, okay. <laughs> not in a crazy world, but we're, we're a little bit, we're a little bit outside of where everyone else is. So talk about that. You're kind of going from everything foundationally as a one to a four. Yeah. And I want to start by saying from where I am now, my four and my seven moves, it's just so amazing that those would be the two numbers that one is connected to the two that yeah. unhinge you in the best ways you know, the most. So it's, you know, the Enneagram has some wisdom there. Um, But here's my initial reaction to being connected to four. I literally felt like growing up. Here's, and and I I hope that's not offensive to you, but here's what the reason was. I knew, and these are pathways. These are ways that you have to travel if you want to become a whole version of yourself. And it was like highlighting, like someone had a magnifying glass, you know, on a little speck of paper. Like I knew that going on a journey with my feelings and getting connected with them was part of the growth path. And I didn't want any part of it. So that's my initial reaction to four. And you're nodding because you're like, oh yeah, it's deep over here. (laughs) And so Uh, we are no longer in the kitchen. No, no, no. And and yeah, so it was very difficult for me to, to come to terms with. And uh, to, you know, as a life update, I've spent a lot of time in four over the past couple um, years, and I'm the better for it. I really am. Our growth and our stress paths are meant to undo us in the best of ways. So how do you find the four working to your advantage, Mm. even though it's 
you primarily go to it in stress. And we'll talk about the seven path yeah. in a second. How were we able to look at the four path for a type one in a positive light to yeah. kind of combine creativity and everything that's beautiful uh, about ones? Yeah. So, right. And I truly believe you can go to any number you're connected to the high side or the low side of it. And the high side of four for me, it just helps me see bigger. It helps me see deeper. It connects me to um, to more options. And seven will do that for me too. But for four, it just opens me up to the beauty of things as they are. It opens me up to mm. seeing um, that things don't have to be a certain way, that, that life is meant to be a unique experience for each one of us. And there's just so much beauty in that. So that pulls me out of that moralistic judgmental idea that things must be a certain way for them to be good. Um, fours really mm. teach me that that is a hundred percent not true. Oh, that's so, so yeah. good. And I love what you said a tiny bit earlier about the wisdom of the Enneagram, the sense that every number, their, their path is meant for them to bring them out yes. of their comfort zone, but to work and, and coincide in bringing about the best self-awareness and growth for them. I love that. Yeah. So now we're going to jump to the seven path, okay. which is hysterical because <laughs> sevens are fun. Sevens yeah. and fours as kids are often like mistyped because they're just so full of energy and emotions and just got to get it out there, you know? Mm -hmm. So ones, I'll paint this picture just to make the comparison. Ones could be stereotypically like a little uptight in the sense that sevens are all spontaneous let's throw our lists out the window let's just go and do we're the ones like okay but we have to do this thing the right way we can't do it the wrong way or else x y and z is going to happen and our critic bad idea so talk about oneness and then going to seven and how that has incorporated into your life yeah so i mean ones get a stereotypical uh, image of sort of having an uptight way of being in the world, no fun, um, rigid. Those are some of the descriptors that all say that some of us ones get. I happen to be a subtype of one that's a little less traditionally one-ish. I'm a sexual subtype of one. So I'm a little more loose than most ones are, but a lot of us, and, and when I'm really in my personality, I can be very stiff and and not see possibility, not want to be spontaneous. And my seven side really unlocks the best version of me, vacation me, so to speak, you know, like yes, when that, you, that's it. Yeah. That's it. When you don't have all the responsibility, because that's the thing about ones is they really feel the weight of responsibility for making sure everything is right with the world. I had I heard a teacher once say, you know what, being a type one, it's got to be the hardest type to be on the Enneagram. I don't know if that's actually true, but um, it is hard to be a one. So our seven move really gives us permission to unlock, to really just lean into all the shades and colors of the world and enjoy it. You know, there's something about ones that feel like we can't enjoy, we can't rest, we can't play and have fun unless all our work is done. And if it's not done, mm -hmm. that inner critic might pipe up and berate us. You know, inner critics are something we all sort of have, but the one's inner critic is a particularly mean version 
of, of a critic. And, and so it's really difficult for some of us to get into seven space. Now, on the flip side of that, like I said, we can go there with such great stuff. In our growth path, we go on the high side of seven. And there's all that fun and spontaneity and just enjoyment there. Uh, I can also be a little bit scattered in, in my sevenness if I am accessing the low side of seven. And um, this is sort of that trap door version of ones, but we can be irresponsible sometimes because if you are so rigid for so long, something's got to give. So I'd say sometimes I end up in that low side of seven when I haven't resourced myself enough and I haven't given myself enough grace and rest and play. That is so true. So what do you like on vacation? <laughs> when Danny goes on vacation, wherever you best like to go, mm. when you access that sevenness, how are you on vacation? Yeah, I just want to try it all. I want to go to all the new places. I feel like I'm a totally different version of myself. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just want to experience everything that life has to offer because I'm not going to be there very long. Then my oneness is like, oh my goodness, then I got to get a plan because if I don't plan this all out. So, you know, the one still shows up on vacation, just trying to squeeze all of the goodness in for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Because we don't live our life in vacation. Would it be mm. nice if we actually did though? How oh, much wow. more at ease we would be? Oh, yeah, let's do it. Exactly. Let's do it. So, <laughs> You've mentioned high and low side about each uh, number that you go to for stress and growth and for the folks at home. Can you kind of talk a little bit about high side, low side, what that actually means? Because yeah. I keep saying until they're, I'm blue in the face that no matter what number you are and no matter where you travel, your core motivations stay the same. So it's not like you suddenly become a four in stress in terms of I want to feel unique and be seen and yada, yada your oneness is always going to be the foundation. Right. But when you travel, you kind of bring on characteristics. So talk about that a little right. bit. So yeah, I mean, like I mentioned before, even if I'm vacation, Danny, and my seven is really showing up, it's still way more constrained than your, your average seven might be because your inner critic never leaves you alone. Even if you're in great space, you just know how to talk to it better and you know how to turn the volume on down on it a little bit more. But yeah. So your motivations, are, my motivation of, of wanting things to be good and sort of feeling like they need to be a certain way, stay with me, even if I'm in um, the high side, which is me, which means I'm taking on the best characteristics of, of four or of seven um, and, and acting like a really healthy seven or four would. So my behavior is changing, but my motivation um, is still with me. And that's true going to the low side too. Um, I think that when I go to the low side of four and my stress that, that um, I'm like extra four. So like I'm doing four, like the low side of four extra well, because I like to do things well. So I'm very much in the deep end. And here's the thing is I'm not used to four space. Whenever we go to our stress number and we're in our low, low side of the stress number, you know, we're feeling really overwhelmed and you know, you're not good at being there. It's almost like I got thrown into the deep end of the emotional pool and I don't, I need floaties. I'm, I'm not a four who's used to that. So I'm behaving very badly in that more extreme than, than most fours that I know really well. Right. So, um, yeah, I think that's an interesting thing to, uh, explore is like how our stress number really shows up stronger in us than maybe if we were even actually that type. Cause again, our motivation is to be good. And when I'm in my stress number, I am not feeling good. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> so that's yep. really tough. 
what I loved about the Enneagram was learning about the paths and knowing that in college, while I was still very much a four, even though I didn't know it as I do now, I was living as a very, very unhealthy two, wanting to still be unique from my motivations, but wanting to be wanted, wanting to be loved and acting out in a way that sometimes made me a fool. But I have so many stories and, and feelings and just thoughts about that that time and it really every season of life helps and builds and strengthens mm. you for the next one so there's so much wisdom in being able to look at your paths looking at your motivations and kind of looking through your life to be like oh my goodness here's where that showed up and now I can recognize how I was behaving what was going through my head and my heart at that time and now look when you're aware, you can say, I was that person. I'm not going to live there because we we know the stress, we know the heartache, but that awareness leads you to, okay, if I know I'm dipping into my unhealthy set of two, or if you're dipping into your unhealthy set of four, we know the, the, we know the place in that space that we don't want to go to. Yeah. So it's kind of like you, you choose your own adventure as far as how far you go and how far right. deep you want to sit. And that's, daily practice kind of minute by minute hour by hour situation by by situation for sure so That's if so anyone true. thought the Enneagram was easy oh they wrong right and what, wrong. what I, I love that you said like you have a choice there I always say when you're aware you get to choose you can't always be in your best ability to choose the very best way okay but if you're aware okay this is how I start acting when I'm getting stressed out you can look for the clues and you can interrupt the slide down the wall, basically, you know, you're yes. like, here's what happens yes. and you can resource yourself so that maybe you don't have to spin all the way out and end up at the very bottom of your stress number every time because you have the awareness to be able to interrupt the slide. Absolutely. So, but you're right. The journey is not easy. <laughs> it is, it's worth the work. Um, I will say that, but you know, you have to be really willing to, to see the cilantro in your teeth do something yes. about it I like that. Oh, so Bring many of us when we were, right <laughs> <laughs> yeah so work the work work the work that is so mm -hmm. good how has being a coach and coaching other people in the Enneagram changed your life but also your your oneness how has that all come into play Ah, I love that question because, well, first of all, it's changed my life in that I've met so many people um, and I just love, you know, the symbol itself. Now I see it as like this gorgeous picture of humanity where we're all seated around this big table and there's room for everyone and everyone brings something really special mm, to the table. So getting to meet so many people through coaching and through workshops and stuff has just really helped me fall deeper in love with the world and the people that inhabit it. And I think that's one of my favorite things about the Enneagram in general is that it's, I really sell it as a tool for compassion, both for yourself, which we as ones really, really need. And for the people that we do life with, um, you know, it's easy to sit in judgment of how other people do things, and how they see the world but I don't think that's the point. I don't think that's the reason why we're here. I think we're here to learn about each other, to learn how to love one another. And um, so getting to meet so many different kinds of people have just, has just given me this really 
um, intimate look at them. And I, I feel like it's such an honor to get to sit across from people who share their stories with me. So, so that has been such a gift. And then um, to like, how does, how's my oneness affected it while learning how to coach and not fix and give all of my information and just say, here's what you need to do has been a real growing edge for me. Cause as a one, we, we always have ideas of how things can be better. And that's not the coaching process. The coaching process is leading others toward their own answers, you know, and guiding when necessary, but not fixing. And, and um, so that has been uh, a way that, that I've been able to turn down my fixing um, potential and fixing like compulsion, I would say as a type one. And so, so it's been great for me in a lot of ways. And I just, love people and this is deep into that I love that you're not the first one that I've talked to that hasn't mentioned compassion I'm finding the theme of Mm. compassion being the the feel through the the thread that connects ones with how they see the world is is through compassion and I love that I love that so so much but we could keep talking forever yeah I know (laughs) we will definitely do we will definitely do that this is the first of many conversations here to come So as we wrap up here, what is your encouragement for people who are new to the Enneagram or still kind of on the fence? They don't know if they want to dip their toe in. Oh, great. Um, So here's the thing. When you discover your Enneagram type, you're discovering the story that you have told yourself from the beginning. And the story seems like what's keeping you safe and what has given you um, the life that you're living right now. So when you are ready to to go on a journey with the Enneagram, you are ready to take a look at that story, really honest eyes, and hopefully with a lot of compassion and grace. And what happens is when you look at that story and see the pieces that maybe aren't serving you anymore or that you'd like to let go, you get the chance to restory your life. And that restoring will really truly lead you to some restoring of certain things in your life. And um, that is just worth everything. It's worth everything for you to get to know who you truly are and for you to get this new vision into the other people in your life. It is so worth it. And um, I don't think you'll regret it. I love that. Love it. I keep saying that every, every time someone speaks because I do. And your whole bit about stories is how I have structured my branding, I guess you can say. But yeah, it's, it's using the Enneagram as a tool to help write and rewrite your story as a lover of books and narrative. Since I was strong enough to hold a book with two hands, (laughs) there is just something so captivating about wanting to be characters and stories. And when we see it reflected in different kinds of media, but also to know that we have the power and the ability to not necessarily be who we see on, on TV, but we have that power to know as much about ourselves as we see about the deep, rich characters that so captivate us in whatever medium mm-hmm. we like seeing. So that has really been how I see the world is through characters and my, my backgrounds in theater. Yeah. So it's, it's people, it's storytelling, mm-hmm. it's bringing uh, different people together. And so I love that. That's awesome. It's all about story and it's all about your story. 
and having the journey uh, change that through the ending. That's right. Mm. I could be here all day, Danny. (laughs) Thank you so, so much for being here. It has been an absolute honor to, Uh. to talk with you about all things one. Ah, thank you. Me too. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining us today and we will see you next week. Hey friends, I absolutely loved our conversation with Danny. I think she is just spectacular and really gracious with her time in explaining the stress and growth path of a type one. And obviously that's very unique to a type one, but knowing that we can use both the high side and low side, also known as the healthy, unhealthy side of all of our stress and growth paths, no matter what number we are and where we travel to when we are under um, stress or when we're um, reaching for growth. So I absolutely love that conversation. Um, Kindred spirit found in her. So I'm so, so happy you guys were able to listen and enjoy And I cannot wait for next week. We're going to continue with my new friend, Anna, and we're going to talk about all things type two. So hope to see you next week.